technical difficulties, but I'm Jessica. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm Ken. Ken. And you go by Ken, not Kenneth, right? You use, use multiple names I see in your little I do. I, corner. you know, Kenny, Ken, Kenneth, whatever, you know, that. is best for. Uh, and you're friends with Sugar and Spice. Sugar and Spice. I'm sorry. Uh, Jaron Thomas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I did an I episode think... with them a while ago. And uh, yeah, Jer, um, you know, great guy. I didn't get the privilege of meeting Thomas, but um i did get to talk to jer for a little bit and it was yeah it was, they're great it, those two guys are great i really was, like them it was and cool. yeah I'm a, I'm a huge i'm a huge fan and let me just adjust um that's all right okay yeah, yeah everything looks good so okay. welcome jessica thank you thank so you. much for coming on the show today thank um, you so much thanks for having me absolutely absolutely so you're you're an astrologer you're a psychic medium and you're a pet communicator yeah, I think of it as an animal communicator more just because not not only pets. I mean, right. okay. I've talked right. to wild animals and insects and such. So, yeah, that's that's really fascinating. That's awesome. How did you get into that? Like, what's, you know, like, what's your story a little bit with like, where did which you part with all of it or yeah, with the like, animal communication specifically uh, with all of it? Like, where did you, where did where did it begin with um, with you? Like, you know, sure. Uh, so it kind of began at the beginning. Like I, I really just at the risk of sounding biblical, uh, it, it really just was a situation where I was always interested in astrology and, um, yeah, I was just always interested in woo stuff and I didn't believe in psychics. I mean, I wanted it to be possible, but I didn't really believe in psychics. I didn't believe in animal communication, even though of course I wanted to be able to talk to animals, um, until my thirties until around my late twenties or early thirties. And I, but that said, I started studying astrology formally, uh, in the mid 1990s, early mid nineties. And, um, yeah. And then I moved to San Francisco I'm from Montreal, I moved to San Francisco in 1994 to become a professional astrologer. And I had a private practice, um, from, you know, the mid nineties till now. And after about 10 years of, consulting with people, maybe seven years, seven to 10 years, somewhere in the mix of that. Um, after consulting with people as an astrologer, I started really like listening to and trusting my intuition and developing my psychic. I wouldn't say developing my psychic skills. I would say just like validating my psychic skills. And from that quickly, the animal communication and the mediumship just kind of emerged. And I had the really unique experience of already being an astrologer. So I already had people coming into my office every damn day to get, you know, intuitive readings. And to my clients, there's no difference between like astrology and psychic because they just want the upshot of advice or insight, right? So I was able to kind of cultivate my skills and my gifts or whatever through my private practice that already existed. And, um, Honestly, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't had that experience because it was evidential. Like I was getting, you know, this like feedback loop of things that there's no way I could have known other than in the ways I knew them. So that's a, that's a quick answer. That, that, I love that. That's so cool. Now, do you think that like psychic abilities, do you think that's something that everybody has or like within them that they can tap into? Or do you think it's, you know, it's something that people, some people it's may the have. Question. With, it's the question. It's the question, right? I mean, like, Listen, I think everyone could run a marathon theoretically, like everyone, you know, with 
the uh, of like the body that would allow for it could uh, run a marathon or everybody could theoretically like sing a song well but the amount of effort and 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 time it would take for for instance me to run a marathon or for me to sing a song well it's i'm sure i could do it but i'm not going to because of how hard it would be right. and how outside of my nature it is so i think it's the same thing with psychic shit i think um the skills that I have as a psychic, as an animal communicator, and as a medium are skills that I've developed. So I had natural aptitude. And also I've put in my 10,000 hours. I've worked really hard. And I think this is the misnomer that people have. They're like, intuitive things are just like magic and they're bestowed upon you by men with beards in the sky or fairies in the ground. And like, either way, it's just there and you don't have to do anything, but every muscle, every skill set, every, everything takes intention and practice and effort and skill building. So I've done a lot of that. And I will say, um, while I think that the human brain has the aptitude to do more and know more than what we use it for conventionally in modern Western world, um, I, I mean, I just know so many people who it's like, yeah, it would just require so much to fall into place in order for that to be easy and accessible to them. But I think it's possible for everyone. Yes. Right. For sure. That's a long answer to say yes. No, but I, I get what you're saying though, you know, and I think it ties into kind of with like you're, if you're interested in it and you're passionate about, it, you're going to, it's just going to flow more naturally to you, you know, and yeah, you're going to, that, that's so cool though. I, I love that. So, um, you know, I've been kind of getting into astrology myself. I've had an interest in it for a couple of years now and I'm not sure really like where it kind of stemmed from, you know, I, I think it kind of stemmed from the fact of, you know, um, just a, kind of an identity crisis. I think a little bit, just kind of trying to figure out who I am. And I found out a lot of answers through the stars and things like that. And uh, that's, that's just one of the things I love about astrology, but it just, it, it just seems like there's so much to grasp. Like, you know, it's just like mind boggling, you know, with, when it comes it to like the transits and the all, just all of it. It's so much. And, and I, you know, I'll say, first of all, most people come to astrology because they're having a meltdown of one kind or another. Like we come to it because we're looking for answers. And for most people, it's not the first place we go. You know, we are like, we go to our friends, we go to a therapist, we go, like we go all around. And then finally we're like, wait, there, there's gotta be a reason why I'm here. And, uh, you know, whatever here means in that moment to the person. And it's so helpful at first. And then when you start studying it, you're like, shit, there's so much to memorize. There's so much nuance. Damn. Like there's so much. And when people are like, oh, I'm an intuitive astrologer. I don't really study. I always get really fucking nervous because astrology is math and astrology. I mean, it's not a science. I feel like people who like to say like astrology is not a science. It's like, I've never met an astrologer who's like astrology is a science. Like that's like a weird, that's like, yeah, McDonald's isn't Wendy's. Yeah, we know. Okay. Right. But, um, but I do think that, uh, to be competent and skilled in astrology requires, unfortunately, a great deal of study and again, practice, right? Like, um, and I think a lot of people want their spiritual tools to be effortless and to kind of like flow and, I don't think there's any such thing <laughs> like it can, there's elements of it that are like that, but really, uh, you know, to really get 
quality answers, not by consulting with an expert, but by like doing your own investigation, you really have to know, you, you gotta, you gotta study because as much as I use WebMD a lot, uh, I don't think I'm a doctor. Like I don't really believe in my self-diagnosis. I'm more like, I know what it is, but I know that I don't know. But I think with astrology, people are like using things that are less reputable, less reliable than WebMD and being like, I know what it is. I will never date a Libra again or whatever. And I think that gets really problematic, but it's a starting point, which I'm grateful that we have that through the magic of the internet these days. For sure. You said that astrology is uh, mathematics. I've never really thought about that before. I've, um, you know, I've heard the argument that astrology is kind of like a religion, but I don't believe that either. I don't no. buy that. It's more, you know, I, I view astrology as like a language mm -hmm. that you're interpreting from, you know, uh, you know, my personal belief, like whatever higher consciousness is up there that, you know, that came from, but it is like a language, you know, that we're meant to interpret. And there's, it is, you know, can I show you something that I just absolutely. happened to have at hand because I'm in my office. Okay. Absolutely. Hold on. That's it. Right there. Holy okay. smokes. <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> this is math. This is astrology. This so an ephemeris is um a tool for charting the movement of the planets through the zodiacal uh signs and degrees. And in order to be an astrologer, like to even have like a starting conversation about astrology study, you need to be able to read the glyphs, you need to be able to read um those lines. I don't know how much you could see in there, but this is, I mean, there's, what? it's a lot of data. It's a lot of data. And when I glance at this graph, I can see, okay, so let's say you told me you were born on a particular day and Mercury was at, you know, 26 degrees of Libra. Then I would glance at that data point. And because I happen to know where Pluto, like Pluto, as an example is right now, I know you're going through a Pluto square to Mercury. So I can start to like whole data of where the planets are now and hold it um and hold it like in mathematics mathematical relationship to where the planets were on the date of your birth and tell you what's going on with you atm right and so the exciting thing about astrology is it is it is a lot of math and i love that not because i'm like a math geek although in the context of astrology maybe i am but definitely i'm not in general uh, but it's exciting because math is reliable, you know, like there's not a lot of wiggle room in that. And so inter the interpretation of the math, there's a great deal of wiggle room. What you choose to focus on within the vast field of astrology, there's a great deal of wiggle room. But in regards to being like, okay, this is my nature. The, this is my, the way I describe a birth chart to people is a lot like describing a hard drive. You know what I mean? Like you're a PC you're a PC. You can download different programs. You can get malware. You cannot use half of your computer, but if you're a PC, you're a damn PC. That's what you are. If you work with that, then you can make the most of it, you know? And I don't know why I called you a PC. You could be a Mac if you prefer, but whatever you get what I'm saying. It's like, you have this hard drive, you have it, and it is what it is, what it is. And you can work with it, but you cannot work with anything but your own hard drive. Right. And I think that that's for some people and in some moments of life upsetting. And for some people in some moments of life, and certainly for me in all moments of life, so soothing to know it's like, okay, I have these things to work with. I can work with them or I can not work with them, but 
at least I know the boundaries of what my nature is and what is at my kind of fingertips if I choose to access it or resource it. Um, and I don't think there's any other system that really functions that way. And then to your point about astrology not being a belief system, I mean, I know astrologers who think it is, um, but riddle me this then, how is it that I know astrologers, just countless astrologers with different religious and spiritual backgrounds? It's not a belief system because you can project and apply any spiritual belief system onto the tool and the framework of astrology sure. because astrology itself is not, it's just a tool, you know, it's just a tool. And it's, and it's like, it doesn't require that you believe any one particular thing, you know? Um, and I fucking love that. I love that flexibility and too, adaptability. Absolutely. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, it feels when I think of astrology, and my birth chart, um, especially, I feel like it's my uh, cosmic makeup of kind of like yeah. who I am, you know, and, and that to me is just fascinating, because I'm always learning more about myself and how I communicate, how I react. And, um, you know, that's the mind blowing thing to me about it, you know, but you know, what do you think about like, how can how can astrology be used to better our life and create give us like insight and uh, into our lives and when we are searching for those things, like, you know, does it, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to word that question. Um, how does it give us deeper insight and meaning, I guess? Mm. I, I mean, the ways are so limitless. It's hard to answer that question competently, like in a really authentic way, because there's the level of using the birth chart as a kind of resource for exploration of your lived experience. And that is like therapy, right? It's just like going into like, oh shit, I didn't belong in my family. I felt that way. And it, it yeah, it's in my chart that I felt that way is in my chart. That's, that's interesting. That's cool. So it's like a sense of validation. That is what I experienced. That is uh, how it felt for me to grow up. And then you can do deeper investigation and really understand like, these are the people who raised me. Oh, they're just broken adults. They're just broken adults with broken birth charts, just like mine. Cool. So it wasn't personal, even though it was personal, it wasn't personal. That on its own, just the, the process of seeing things, naming things, accepting things is therapeutic. That's just like learning, not even to synthesize the birth chart, but just learning like the details of your birth chart, because there's so many details to the birth chart that it's very hard to synthesize that data. This is where you need an expert, honestly, um, in my experience. But um, so all to say, uh, you can start there and then you can go into, okay, so my nature is X. So like, let me say this one X data point is, um, I have a really adaptable brain. I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly interested in things. I learn things quickly slash also I'm super scattered. I'm all over the fucking place. I can't choose a point of focus. Like I, I don't sleep well at night cause I'm zing, zing, zinging. So it's like, okay. So the same data point gives you all that information. So you can start thinking, okay. So within my nature, based on that data point, let's say in that example, I used it, we're back to mercury. Mercury is your mind. Uh, it's how you listen. It's how you process data. It's how you communicate. Um, so based on that data point, you can start looking within your nature to say, okay, so how can I be 
slightly less scattered, but just as like dynamic in my interests. Like what is the sweet spot of my mercury placement? You can start working with the information to work within your nature to make the most of your nature. That shit right there can keep you busy a whole lifetime through, but that's not all you can do with astrology. That's just like beginning stuff. You know what I mean? The next things I recommend doing is around transit astrology. And that's where most people like to start. They like to start with predictive shit because people are, because people are people. Um, I don't recommend starting with transit stuff. If you're a student of astrology, um, because that's where we get into WebMD shit. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm new. Like I, I have a podcast ghost of a podcast and I take listener questions every week. And, uh, I had just countless questions from people who are like, break down all the things that are happening in their birth charts. And I would say probably 70% of the time they're wrong. What they are saying in their question, their understanding of what is happening to them or what it means is straight up wrong. It's not like off, it's wrong. And that's because again, WebMD, right? Like it's like, you can't self-diagnose. It's not realistic. And so, I mean, you can, but it's, not realistic. You're not likely to do a great job. And so I think it's really about making sure that if you are using the tool of astrology, if you respect the tool of astrology, if you feel vulnerable, if you are using it in a way that is like substantive and you want it to give you substantive data to treat the tool with respect, you know what I mean? So most people, when they're fucking around on WebMD, know that, you know, you're taking a risk you're taking a risk. And there are certain kinds of medical interventions that a lot of us will take based on what we've read on WebMD, but then there's a lot of things we won't. Right. Right. And I want us people with astrology to have a similar kind of, um, kind of framework of understanding. Oh, sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I, I don't know how to turn these notifications off. Honestly, it's a, it's it's, we're living in a digital world and these are digital problems. So I'm fine with it. As long as I have my tiny microphone, I'm fine with it. Um, I love the microphone, by the way. Thank you, darling. It's so cool. It's it's awesome. I'm obsessed with it. I'm literally obsessed. It just makes everything more fun, you know? Yeah, it's Um, so cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I feel Uh, like you have a lot of air energy, just kind of like, you know, I'm an Aquarius myself and Aquarius sun. I'm a Scorpio rising, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like I have a bunch of Aquarius in my first house, but I'm sun, moon and rising all in Capricorn. Really? Okay. People never guess that about me. And I can tell you astrologically why it's because I have a bunch of Aquarius in the first house. So you see what's in the first house. So in other words, your Scorpio rising right? That's what you said you have, right? Correct. Yes. Right. That's what, that's what people are going to say. Scorpio rising people, um, have a tendency to either avoid and evade eye contact or make super intense eye contact. Um, that's me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've been talking to you for a very, very short period of time, but I could tell Scorpio rising. Yes. Um, and Aquarius. So I have a Capricorn rising, but a lot of Aquarius planets in the first house. And so I'm like bright colors and I'm, talkative with my hands. I have mercury in the first house. So that's like a lot of like talking with the hands and all being all over the the place. But because my Capricorn placements are in the 12th house, the house that is hidden, people don't tend to see it until they start talking to me, you know, and I'm like personally divulging things. And they're like, Oh, wow, you're a total bummer. Uh, I guess you're a Capricorn. I guess it's true. So, you know, it's one of those things where 
as we dig deeper within astrology, we start to understand the nuances of the human condition. And we start to understand the nuances of how we know people and how we ourselves let others know us or not. And that's really interesting. You know, what we lead with is not necessarily what we are not on a core level. What we lead with is what we lead with. You know, it's like this shirt is not what I am. I can change it. Um, but what, how I feel in my skin, that's a lot harder to change and how we feel in our skins is, uh, something we can describe in nuance with astrology. And I don't know any other tool that allows us to do that so effectively um, and efficiently. And I I don't know any other tool that also allows us to kind of like age, you know what I mean? Because the same birth chart is what we have at five years old, at 15 years old, at 35 years old, and at 65 years old, right? It's the same chart. So as we start to look at it from different contexts, we can understand the kind of like evolution of our maturity of our that's fine i mean we're we're just being aquarian right like it's just like a digital it's digital um anyways so i I probably am taking the conversation in a weird direction but the upshot of it is i i am really a huge enthusiast of astrology because i haven't found a tool that that meets it you know i really just think it's a remarkable tool and I say this as a psychic because as a psychic, I, I can like pull shit out of the sky kind of thing a little bit. Right. Yeah. But astrology is so valuable because it allows us to, how will I frame this? It allows us to share the data. Like I can show you the data. I can be like, here, this is evidential. These are the dates I've got it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's really helpful. Whereas psychic stuff, it's, it's just, it's hard for me to separate it from my personality and like share it with you. You know what I mean? It's a lot more interpretive, I guess, in that way. For sure. My, my Capricorn, my uh, Mercury is in Capricorn. Uh, I actually have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I love, I love the Capricorn energy. You know, I feel like I, I just kind of connect with that that type of energy. And one thing I was, I was kind of curious about, you know, I was listening to you talk to uh, uh, Jaron Thomas on their podcast about animal communication a little bit. One thing I thought of when I was listening to you was, you know, I kind of wonder, I have, I have a dog, Miley, her name's Miley and she's just, she's my best friend. She's a pup, you know? And um, I was wondering, do, does birth charts and pets matter kind of like with compatibility question with compatibility and anything like that, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. I know astrologers who pull birth charts for animals or focus on the sun sign of animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm not into that. And I'll tell you why it's because astrology, you know, it's old as fuck. It's old as fuck. There's been a lot of vetting of it for humans. And there's a couple things I'll say about it. One is astrology is the art of tracking time in many ways, right? We're, we're tracking how time is measured in our lived experience in many ways. Animals experience time in a radically different way than we do. So the impact of something like, I don't know, the sun or the moon would be radically different on a different species in my view. Um, the other thing is, I feel like it gets into a morph is amorphizing. Is that the word? Do you know what I'm trying to say? You know, it's like projecting human traits onto animals. Yeah. 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 So what's the word? I don't, you know what I'm talking about? 
I, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I, and I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that. So I personally don't fuck with birth charts with animals. Um, I don't see a real value in it. I see why people do it, but to me it's, it's more acute than substantive. Um, not to shit on anyone's practice, but that's just my, my personal take. Um, yeah. I so, was curious, like, you know, it just crossed my mind. I was like, I wonder if it matters, you know, cause I'm pretty sure, you know, I've had Miley for like 10 years now, but if I remember correctly, I think she's an Aquarius as well. And I was like, maybe that's why we're just like buds, <laughs> you know? And But here's the but, other thing that, that and this is like my, this is like my counselor's brain is that with our animal friends, we take extreme pains to cultivate intimacy and we show up and we stick around. And there's a way that the way we are with our animals is kind of like the best parts of how we are with our friends and lovers. You know, it's, we listen to them. We care for them. We take care of them. We receive love from them. They, we let them love us. Um, we don't judge them in the same way we judge humans. Right. So it's like our best self goes to our animal friends. And I think that astrology aside, and I do believe in saying astrology aside, I, for a lot of reasons, um, I really feel that there's a way that when we overthink our intimacies, we get in the way of having intimacy. So as an example, and this might seem like disconnected from our conversation, but I, I don't believe it is. Um, I personally don't look at the birth chart of my partner. I don't look at the birth charts of my friends. I mean, you know, I got skills. So if somebody's like, I'm having a terrible time, will you look at my chart for me? I'll glance at it, but I don't like commit it to memory. I don't believe it's ethical um, to invest in the, the charts of people I'm really close to. And the reason why is because intimacy is about a back and forth. And so when we use astrology to get ahead of our intimacy issues or to even understand them in that way by looking at someone else, we're taking the burden off of ourselves to show up to be kind, to be loving, to receive love, all of those things. And so I, I don't know, I, there's like a lot of, a lot of things about it, but at the end of the day, animals do not give a fuck about astrology. Why would they? That is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Right. So for whatever that's worth that there it is. Are you, so are you saying that, um, you know, doing uh, chart compatibility and things like that are kind of like, you know, I don't want to say a waste of time, but you know, we let our egos kind of get in the way and you know what I mean? I think cause I'm guilty of that. Cause I can see that if you said that, I just automatically, I felt a little bit of guilt. <laughs> I'm like, you know, cause there's certain signs it's like, Oh boy, you know what I mean? And then, sure. you know, and so, okay. So let me, let me hop in because I got so much to say about this. Absolutely, the first thing yeah, is take, take it away. I'm going to take it away. So the first thing is like, listen, if you're like, Hey, um, whatever. I don't know. Sagittarius is the worst. I would never date a Sagittarius. Every Sagittarius I've ever dated is like X. That tells me about your birth chart. It doesn't tell me shit about Sagittarius because the reason why you wouldn't like Sagittarius and you would like cancer is because of your birth chart, not because of the essential nature of either of those Zodiac signs. The, so that doesn't mean that you don't have your own lived experience and you don't have your own patterns and that every Virgo you've ever met hasn't been like X and every Capricorn you've ever met hasn't been like Y. 
but it does mean that you are an essential part of that equation. And when we start making these empirical kind of like judgments of like all whatever's are like X, that's when we get into like the silification of astrology and also the misuse of astrology. So that's one part of the answer. The other part of the answer is I do couples counseling through astrology, but I have boundaries around it. I do it for committed relationships. People have already been together at least a year. People who are co-parenting or have a home together or business together. I do it for business partners. I don't do it for people. And trust me, they want me to, um, who've been together for three months. If you're having problems at three months, honey, you don't need astrology. You need to come to to Jesus. Like you need to figure out who you are and what you're doing and why you're choosing what you're choosing. If you already have problems in the first three months, you do not need astrology. You need therapy. And maybe you need therapy through an astrological lens, therapy with an astrologer. That's cool. But a couple's counseling or a couple's reading is trying to get ahead of things. It's using your mind to, it's what I call the great and powerful Oz. It's like using your mind where it doesn't belong, using analysis where it doesn't belong. And this is where astrology can be used by the individual as a tool for not really being vulnerable, not really taking risks and not taking responsibility for what you're attracting into your life and how you're participating with those patterns and, or that individual. And that always can be found from your own fucking birth chart. So if you're in a period of your life where you're dating somebody that's ridiculous, we can see that through your birth chart. If you're dating somebody and they're amazing, you're having the best sex of your life, we can see that through your birth chart. We don't need to look at their birth chart. We can look at your birth chart. And then once things are, you know, you, you've really put yourself into it. You're really, you've done it. That's when we want to start to look at the compatibility chart to see what you're working with and, and kind of ways of refining and improving and, and like safeguarding your investment. Uh, but I, you know, so I do look at relationship charts and I think they're very valuable, but it's time and place, right. You know, I, I think, I think the same can be said for a bazillion different things. Like, you know, I don't know, a, a bazillion different things. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I, you know, I, it, it's definitely, you, it definitely, like you said, if you're dating for like three months or whatever, and you're having problems, you know, you should look inwards and kind of figure out what the problem is, you know, and that's, that's something I've kind of done, you know what I mean? A little bit with astrology and, um, you know, failed relationships and things like that. It's like, okay, what's going on here? I don't think it has to do with their sign per se, as much as it does, you know, past traumas that are unresolved, you know what I mean? And uh, so which really kind of brings up, um, you know, the question of, so say you want to, um, you know, you want to start working and healing on certain things, you know, um, and we see a lot of great uh, memes out there with like the moon and um, astrological events, you know what I mean? And especially this past one, this, this past one, we had a Scorpio full moon, right? And uh, there's a lot of serious energy going on. I can't explain it. I can't describe it, but I felt it, you know, and what's the best way to kind of handle full moon events, I guess. And um, if you're looking to uh, progress and, and heal and just how, how can you use the full moon energy to your benefit, I guess. Great. I love that. So I learned the term uh, meme mystic 
during this Scorpio full moon, uh, <laughs> because whatever, whatever stupid social media reason, but like, listen, full moons are time for completion. We have a one full moon every single month, right? At, sometimes we have two full moons in a month, but generally speaking, one full moon a month. And it's really important to know that when a full moon occurs, it is a time for releasing. And the reason why emergency rooms and like emergency services kind of really pay attention to full moons because people's emotions come to the surface and they have an insistence and a demanding kind of energy behind them. And so people act out because people are not equipped to experience and cope with emotions. So this is where I'm going to just, I promise I'm answering your question, but we want to pay attention to the new moon. So again, this is where like Instagram and fucking TikTok and all the things, they really focus on the full moon and I get it. The full moon's cinematic. Look at the full moon. Do you hear a werewolf? You know what I mean? Like, sure. But the new moon, that's where you manifest. That's where you seed things. It's where you call things in. It's the start of a cycle. And that start of a cycle hits its fullness at the full moon. So if you think of your development, your emotional development, because the moon is specifically related to emotions and emotional development. If you think of your emotional development every month as on this 28 day cycle, uh, and that it has a, a seeding point and a fruition point, then you can leverage a full moon as a time to check in with what you need to let go of, what progress you've made. So that's in general terms. We are supposed to feel feelings. We're not supposed to feel happy all the time. We're not supposed to feel chill all the time. We're supposed to feel feelings. And so the full moon is when you're gonna feel the fullness of your feelings, right? So then when we get like more specific and detailed, it's harder to give you a pat answer in the way I just did. That was my version of a pat answer, by the way. So like um, when we get like, for instance, with the Scorpio full moon that was on the 20 something at fourth, fifth, something, 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 fifth. I think it was the 26th. 26th. Okay. So um, when are you on the East coast? I am. I am in Pennsylvania. You're in Pennsylvania. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I, so I think it was the 25th on the West coast and the 26th on the East coast. If, if I'm remembering that correctly, it was like one in the morning for you guys or something. Yeah, right? I think so. It was okay. yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. It's always strange because I always feel not to cut you off or, yeah. but I always, I swear, I always feel the moon like a full day before I feel the most energy, like a full day before it says it's a full moon, you know, You're, um, it's building up. It's, it's this energy building up to this moment of ripeness and the, the buildup. So that says something about your nature, right? It's like for you, the buildup, the, the kind of process of anticipation is something that I imagine based on that one little data point you've shared about yourself is something that is always an issue for you. So it might be hard for you to wait for things, but not as hard for you to be in them, right? And that's just, again, this is about, it is about full moons, but it's about how you interact with that energy. So again, it's never just about the data point. It's about the synthesis of your nature in concert with that data point. So when we come back to that full moon that just occurred in Scorpio, it there was a lot going on. There was a stellium in Taurus um, and that full moon formed a T-square to the planet Saturn in Aquarius. And so while on its own, on its face, like 
from just like a very surface level, full moon in Scorpio, it's really intense and really emo and all these things. Uh, you can look at, you could kind of describe it as, as like a really intense and sexual romantic full moon, but it wasn't at all because fucking Saturn is a boner killer and Saturn just shows up and is just like, here's reality. This is what's actually happening. Don't you feel alone? Isn't everything hard? And so this full moon, it just like put people on their asses because of Saturn's involvement. And this is where you really want to, um, it, you know, if you're an astrology student or a professional astrologer or anything in between, um, to look at what we do is we cast a chart for the minute that the sun and moon are exactly opposite by degree and sign. And then we can read and interpret that full chart. And we don't pay attention to houses because it's location-based, right? How you have to like put it. So you would put in like Philly or wherever you are. And that would give you a sense of the full moon, but it would be different for me in Oakland, California, right? So it's like one of those things, but we cast a chart to see the fullness of the energy of what's happening. And in order to cast a chart, you either have to have a pro tool like I have, or you can go to like my website, um, or like astrology.com. So my website's lovelaniato.com or astrology.com. You can cast free charts in these locations. Um, but you need to know how to synthesize the data. Otherwise you're going to freak yourself out about things that are not actually necessary to freak out about. Because again, my experience with my podcast is that people focus on like one thing that is like a weird random thing to focus on. And I don't know why they do it. I'm always like things come in and like in weird, like buckets. So I'm like some fucking influencer wrote a blog post or like an Instagram post or something about a thing. And now everybody's writing me about it. And the thing itself is wrong. And so everyone's panic attack is wrong. And this is where, again, we get to something about astrology that you haven't asked me about, but I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity yeah, yeah, to say, take, I'm going to do it, it, do it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. So it's this, it's, I have experienced over the course of my career and absolutely still see that while people like and love astrology, while people devote a huge amount of energy and time to astrology, while people use it as a resource for navigating really meaningful things in their lives, there is a way that I have experienced that people do not actually respect it. And when you don't respect a tool, you will treat it uh, willy-nilly. Uh, and that gets you into trouble. It gets you into trouble. So it's really important to look at, are you treating this tool with respect? Are you just dropping in and using like pro tools when you don't even have a foundation of knowledge and then educating other people or making life decisions based on that? If you are, I encourage you to rein that shit in and reconsider because that's not a respectful use of a tool and it's not a competent use of a tool. So I'm not trying to like shame people for doing shit like that, like do whatever you want, but it's something to think about, which people don't think about um, because of the way that astrology is branded and framed in, in the collective. And also because of social media, you know, and social media is just like people start to learn about woo stuff, you know, like astrology or tarot or any, anything like that. And then in the first several months or the first year, they're like posting things about it, educating others. And I am not a fan. My Capricorn sun, moon, and rising is going to speak to your Mercury and Capricorn here for a moment. But I am not a fan of students teaching. If you're a student, learn. And then when you have a competent grasp of a thing, 
then you can teach. But I don't want to learn from somebody who doesn't have their 10,000 hours of expertise ever on any topic. Like, and I'm not saying that students and beginners don't have amazing insights and tons of things to offer to the world because objectively they do. Um, but I do think that we're in this really kind of tricky place with astrology where people who do not have uh, rooted, grounded knowledge of what the fuck they're talking about are educating masses of people. And this leads to the silification of astrology, which ultimately leads to the backlash, which we saw in the 1970s. Astrology was incredibly popular very mainstream. And then there was a massive backlash to it. And it was incredibly silly in the eighties and the nineties and the early aughts and the tens until, you know, the last five years or so it's really changed, but that's more about the internet and less about anything else. And so, you know, older astrologers have great concern about the silification of astrology because they've already lived through the, what happens as a result of it. So this is where I'm really passionate about supporting people in knowing what they're working with so that you are respectful with it, you know, and you don't kind of, um, pose yourself as a teacher of a thing before you, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Again, very, very serious about that. <laughs> now, now does that, is that happen? Because, you know, um, do you think that that stems from the fact that, like you said, astrology is not respected or it's because it's not recognized by um, institutions as like a legitimate um, practice, I guess is the best way to put it. Is that where that stems from? So people yeah. just kind of treat it however they want and just, you know, uh, is that what is that what's I think going it's on? part of it. I think it's part of it. Some of it is astrology is a Uranian tool. So in other words, there's no governing guidance. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be a therapist, you have to go to school. Mm. You have to pass this one stupid board exam. Right. Um, I can't move States in the U S and practice. Like you have to be like, isn't that right? You have to like pay, pass your board exams for different States or something so, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Astrology, there is no certification. I mean, listen, you can go to astrology schools and they will give you a certificate, but it's not like a legally required thing to practice. So that's a part of it. Part of it is where do you go to find out like good astrology? You have to use your common sense. You as the consumer um, have to make that decision for yourself. And that's not what we typically do in this world, right? We like, we don't take medicine that's not approved by the FDA or whatever, you know? And so there's no governing body. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is, I cannot tell you how many times people have come to my office. I mean, not during COVID, but over the course of my career, and they've waited months, sometimes a year for an appointment with me. They're paying good money, American, American currency to meet with me. And the first thing they tell me is, I think this will be fun. I don't really believe in astrology, but this is for fun. And yeah. I always think, girl, who do you think you're talking to? Like, you don't need to tell me you don't believe in what I do because I wasn't requiring belief, but people feel the compelled to say that because they don't want to seem unintelligent. And this is a thing that we have done, right? We have said that smart people are not going to be bought, bought in by astrology. They're a critical thinker doesn't really get into astrology. And again, this is where some of it comes from. People who do not really understand astrology 
explain astrology to others they do it poorly and then it's not compelling <laughs> so that that is part of it but part of it is also just educated people do not believe in astrology that's like a it's not tech that's not actually true at all but that's like the thing that people feel so they need to tell others well it's just fun to me don't worry i don't really believe in it but i use it for x or whatever it is and i you know it is what it is what it is i have a lot of clients who are you know scientists educators therapists people in tech whatever the fuck it is but i can assure you i know who tells others that they consult with an astrologer and who doesn't and it does it does span across industries you know like who does and who doesn't right for it sure it is what it is yeah so when people are out there you know that as you said students are teaching other people you know i could see how that would have a negative effect but you know in some ways too how do you know like if you're actually you know, listening to somebody that knows what they're talking about. And is it a bad thing if it's, if, you know, somebody that doesn't know really what they're talking about accurately with astrology, but it's positively affecting your life. Like it's pushing you in the right direction to make changes in your life that are positive, um, that are going to help you grow and help you um, kind of get back on the right track to breaking negative karmic cycles and things like that. You know, is that, you know, where's the line? Cause there, there seems like it's, there's, the, this is exactly the issue, isn't it? It's, is it a I would never tell someone where that line was. I don't know where that line is. And also. Like, is it an individual journey kind of for each one, every one of us? And they're like, it's yes. A, and I would say it's a yes. And the reality is there are things that are false in the world. And this is like, you know, we're talking about this topic in the context of astrology, but this is going on in the context of news and in science and medicine. And this is a very important topic across boards. Right. And when I, does it, does that not all lead back to astrology though? You know, in the context of. Yeah, but there's some things that are wrong and some things that are right. Illusion. They're both true. They're both true. I think that that's the thing that's hard is like, I have had experiences where people say, oh, this is because of my Saturn return happening right now. And then I look at their chart and I'm like, your Saturn return is objectively not happening right now. It's not because of your Saturn return. And they insist that it is because they have a feeling about it. And there has to be some measure of, we agree upon some, okay, here's the thing. I'm a Capricorn. I believe in right and wrong. And I don't mean that in a judgmental judicial way, although probably I do that too. Um, I mean, I'm holding one pen in my hand right now. This is one pen. That is true. I could sit here and say, I'm holding three pens in my hand and that would be false, you know? And I believe in that. I believe in that. Unless you have one of those pens with, you remember the old style? With oh, I do, the honey. Pink, the blue and I and have black. them right here. <laughs> I have them right here. Um, but, but no, I, I know what you're saying, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's like, Absolutely. I am wearing glasses right now. I could tell you I'm not wearing glasses. Doesn't mean I'm not wearing glasses. There, there, There's an element of, it doesn't matter if you get value from a fortune in a fortune cookie or from a PhD therapist who's been working with you for seven years, if it was transformative, it was transformative to derive value and meaning and healing and inspiration and strategies from a meme is great. If that's how you get it, that's how you get it. I've had life-changing moments from like having a toddler say something weird to me. Like it doesn't have to be, um, you know, the, 
everything is like being educated all the time. And also when we are taught things that are wrong and we believe that they are right, and I'm talking about methodology, right? I'm talking about like learning things, right? That is a problem because what that does is maybe that doesn't harm you. That falsehood does not harm you in your astrology journey ATM at the moment. Sorry. I speak in fucking like text talk. Sorry. It's, it's okay. You totally can. I get okay. what you Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So it doesn't mean it's going to be a problem with ATM, but that you can trust that if you stay with astrology, you will have problems in understanding. If you stay with, um, yeah, that's it. You know, there's this woman on TikTok. She's a, she's a, like a therapist. She's an older woman. I forget her name. Uh, I think she's from Russia. She's amazing. And she does all these TikTok videos um, where she duets with other TikTokers, young people who are talking shit, who are just like teaching psychology based on bullshit. Like she, and she basically is like, there is no scientific evidence to back up what you're saying. This is not, oh, oh my God. That's Brutus. Brutus. OMG. That is the cutest thing that I've ever seen happen during a podcast recording in my life. Oh, now I'm just going to sit here jealous of your life. He's a good little boy. He's, oh a, my you know, God. I rescued him a couple years ago. Uh, not to break away from our conversation, but, you know, he was just so he could fit in the palm of my hand. I was on my way to work one day. And I come up over this knoll in the road and there was just this thing in the center line, right in the center line. And I got right up close to him and I saw it was a live cat. I slammed on the brakes and swerved off the road and I picked him up and brought him home. And, and now he know. lives on your shoulders. Now he's, yep. He's, he's, <laughs> he is just hanging out in the studio with me. Is, is he an outdoor cat? Indoor, outdoor cat? Indoor only, but he is a wild beast. He's just high energy. He's, he's cool. He's pretty he's cool. He's so cool. Does he, is he mouse? Is he a mouser? Uh, you know, I don't have too many mice around here. You know, I think they, if they get them, you know, I, uh, if, is that, is that what you're talking about? Right. Like a mouse hunter. Yeah. I haven't seen him kill any, but you know, I'm sure he wouldn't hesitate if he had the opportunity. He wouldn't hesitate so. at all. He's so cute. Oh mm -hmm. my God. He's, he's one of three cats I have. And then I have uh, a dog as well. So my, no, oh. don't. And do they all get on with each other? Oh yeah. They all get along great. So I have so two wonderful. calico cats too. Yeah. I, oh, you have a farm. I have a, yeah. I call the, uh, my home here. I call it the Druid sanctuary. It's just kind of, you know, I got some life awesome. around here. It's just great. I just love it. So <laughs> that's awesome. That cat is charming. I am charmed. Thank you. Thank oh, no, thank you. That was really cute. I don't, I don't care. I don't know what we were talking about, but it seems ridiculous because your cat has like made everything seem stupid next to <laughs> his amazingness. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. He's very cute. Now I'm jealous. I'm like, where the fuck is my cat? He's not here. He's not yeah, here. You have, do you have you have just one cat? More than one cat? I've got two cats. Um, one of them is a feral guy who adopted us about three years ago. He was about six years old when when he adopted us. And um he's amazing. He's just very wait, so he adopted you. This, yeah. I yeah. Like I like we that. we saw him in the neighborhood for about five years and he would just like walk around, you know, and I actually didn't see him often, but my partner saw him a lot. And 
always was like, did you see that panda cat? And I'd always be like, not really. I don't know. But he would like, right. we have this super highway um, where all these feral cats would, um, they're called garden cats here, um, would walk along this super highway of a fence. And then um, I had two cats who I had for like 15 years and they died a month apart. Unfortunately, it was really sad. And um, within the first month of my second cat dying, his name is Panda Elizabeth Henry. Uh, Panda just, uh, yeah, he's, he's I earned all that. of his names. Um, he, he just walked up to me in the backyard one day and I never interacted with him before. He rolled on his back, showed me his belly. And I was like, are we doing this? And he was like, yeah, I picked him up and he moved in within about two months of that. Yeah. That's so amazing. I love that. That's so it was cool. a really awesome experience. The only downside is, uh, Adopting a feral cat who's like a grown ass adult and getting him to use a litter box is very difficult. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my goodness. He's just like, what? Why? Oh, he would pee on anything that was a square. He was just like, you want me to pee on squares? I'll pee on squares. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> like oh, six my months. That's too funny. That's <laughs> I know. Funny. Um, I want to. I would like to. I, I'd like you to kind of talk about your website a little bit and about your book. Uh, okay. And, that sounds and, get, fine. and get into that. Uh, okay. For everybody. So, okay. So I am, I right now we're recording this in the last week of April, my forthcoming astrology app called astrology for days. It'll be out hopefully June 1st, but you know, I know enough about the world to know that this could go sideways on me and it could be like some other date, but it, hopefully June 1st, um, it'll be out and it's a web-based app, which means it works on all devices that get internet and it is a transit tracker. So it's for astrology students um, and astrology pros. It is not a typical astrology app in that it does not uh, give you interpretations. There's no interpretations. I'm so sick of astrology apps that tell you interpretations. I just, there's too much of that out there already. And I'm not into noise, you know? Um, so this is a tool for learning the symbols, seeing what transits are happening on what day at what time. And then it allows, uh, so it's like this calendar that gives you all these details. There's an ephemeris in the app as well. So that big book that I showed you with all that math, you can see it at every month. And then there's a room where you can take just like limitless notes so that you can either, if you're a pro, like track your observations, make your predictions. Um, and if you're a student, you can coalesce what different apps, different podcasters, different astrologers say, and start to come up with your own, um, kind of in, take on things based on your lived experience. The best way to use astrology is ritualistically habitually and based on your lived experience. So that means netting data from experts plus the level of your lived experience. So not either, or it's the both that's where real learning occurs. So this is what that tool is. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Sounds and awesome. it's called, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And it's called astrology for days. And, uh, because I, June first, what, right? did you say was that June 1st? Yeah. I mean, it's available in beta for now, but, uh, yeah, June 1st, it's like ready to roll and it's yeah it's called astrology for days and it's at astrologyfordays.com and okay. and you said that's one of four apps you have 
Um, Okay. Well, kind of yes and no. So I also have an app called Tiny Spark and it is a free app for iOS. So it's not a web-based app. And it's part of why we did astrology for days as a web-based app is because Android users were very mad at me, but I'm I'm an Android user. See, They were very mad at me, but this is the problem with um, app building is that it's really, really expensive and time consuming to build an app. And when you build something for iOS, it's different than what you build for Android. And so you have to build a whole other fucking thing, which is more money and, you know, whatever. And I'm the asshole who's like, I'll spend, you know, a year working on something. And then when I'm done, I'm like, I think it should be free. Uh, So like Tiny Spark, my app for iOS, it's free and there's no ads on it. And I don't have ads on it, you know, because I could make money off of the ads, but it would junk up the aesthetic and the vibe. So I didn't do it. So I'm certainly not going to spend more money on it because I, right. it's, you know, whatever, but it's just a peek behind the curtain right there. But a, a tiny spark is basically like a magic eight ball for millennials. Um, it's, it's just like a tool for resourcing your intuition. I also, um, leading up to the election, uh, of 2020, I started something called Zodiac the Vote with a political strategist. And we, there's a, our website there is zodiacthevote.com. It's kind of like snoozing for now. Um, but a Zodiac the Vote was a get out the vote project for people in the woo and spiritual and astrology communities. Um, people who were either disenfranchised or apathetic about voting. Uh, we wanted to really reach them. And so there's a bunch of articles from my colleagues from fellow astrologers about different political themes. And there was a Mercury retrograde uh, voting guide. So there's that whole thing. And there's like, whatever, some swag out there. Um, And then there's my book right there, Astrology, uh, Astrology for Real Relationships. And that book is, um, it's about relationships and it's broken into three sections. The first section is friends and chosen family, like your community. The second section is like the early stages of dating and hooking up. And then the third section is long-term relationships. And this book is really different than most astrology books or maybe any astrology book in that it's very inclusive. And when I say inclusive, I mean, inclusive, inclusive of queerness, uh, you know, all genders, but also different relationship structures because a successful relationship is not necessarily monogamous. It's not necessarily forever, you know? Um, and so and, and also what's unique about this book is how I focus on friendship because most astrology books are all about just like getting married. And I'm not a huge fan of marriage. I mean, if you want to get married, that's great. But uh, I think our friendships are really fucking important. And I think all kinds of relationships are important. So um, that book goes through every single planet in the Zodiac, not just your sun sign too. So there's like a lot of data in there if you're an astrology student. And then there's my main website, which is levlanyado.com. And that is where I have weekly horoscopes and like, just like tons of shit. You can draw your birth chart there for free. There's no interpretations, but you can get your birth chart drawn. Um, I was checking that out before, well, right leading up to the interview here, I was on your website, I was checking, I was looking at your, you know, the birth chart calculator and stuff. Yeah. Cool, you know, that's really, yeah. I loved it. Great layout. I just, it, you know, it's cute, right? Yeah, it's really it cute. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of it too, Avi. And also, you know, on my website, it's like, I, there's just like, there's a bunch of shit. And then kind of there's ghost of a podcast.com, which is another website, but it's really just like a part of my love Lanyato. And, and that's a website for my 
or that's the address rather for my podcast where people can write me questions and I interpret their charts or talk to their animals or whatever. So now is that, um, for, for your podcast, for questions, things like that, is that a, uh, free of charge? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So people, people send in questions, um, and, usually I don't contact them. I just interpret their birth chart for them. If it's, if I'm talking to an animal, I do contact them. Um, or if I'm talking to a dead person, I do contact them, but for astrology, which is the bulk of what I do on that show. Yeah, it's free. And, um, I keep people's confidence, you know? So some people are like, please don't share my birth info. I always use a fake name. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's like a great way for me to be able to not just give one person a reading, but for tons of people to be helped by that reading. And at the same time, I am teaching astrology in a way that is consistent with my personality, which is I'm modeling and how it's done, you know, and I personally learn from modeled conduct. It's very Capricorn of me. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't, I'm not super academic leaning. I'm, I'm more of a practitioner. So this is like me sharing how I do what I do. And I think that's really a valuable way to learn. Yeah. I love it. I I love it. So, so you said, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different apps out there for interpretations, parts of it. And I personally use time passages, but are there any that you recommend that would be, um, you know, what are there any good ones that you recommend for the interpretation part? I, I get asked that a fair amount, but I can't really honestly say because I've never fucked with them because I, by the time these apps came out, I'd already been a practicing astrologer for more than 20 years. You know what I mean? So like, I don't fuck with these apps. I don't know. Um, and I also think they change. So if I like knew five years ago, which I didn't, but if I did, I, I don't know if that same app would be as good today. I have no idea, but I, um, there are also the, there's also the level of like how you're using it, why you're using it. You know, if you're using it as a gateway drug, if you're using it as like delicious, like dessert at one app might be something I recommend. Whereas if you're using it as like a serious self-investigation tool, I might not recommend that app. I might recommend a different one. So th- th- there's also that I'm really bad at that kind of referral stuff. And right. okay. when people ask me for individual referrals to astrology, astrologers, I'm also bad because I've had enough experiences where I'm like, oh, this astrologer is amazing. They're really competent. And then I refer someone and that person's like, yeah, they were super homophobic. And that was a fucking problem for me. And I'm like, Fuck, I didn't know they were, you know, like, like, it's just like, there's, right. there's like, I, I don't like to take responsibility for, no, for other sure. people's tools for healing journeys. It gets, for it gets sure. sticky I, and I tricky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Great. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'll leave all the links to all your stuff in the description Thank of the you. video and, and all that good stuff. I, I had a lot of fun today with this conversation. I, Me too. And getting to meet your cat yeah, hung I, out on your shoulders. That was, that was a real treat too. Yeah. You, you know, he's, he's always in the studio hanging out with me doing something. So I love so it. Cute. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I've had such a great time. Thank you so much. And Absolutely. yeah, I hope, I hope that you keep on fucking with astrology. Heck yeah, man. We'll, 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 we'll have to do this again sometime, you know, I would I, love that. I, I absolutely would love that. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too.